whether someone gives it to you or you buy it for yourself. A one-way ticket out of town can, in some cases, mean the end of one life and the beginning of a new one. In our guest case, this was the start of something great. Landing in London, the light turned green and he was off. I'm Susan Schwartz, your drinking companion, and this is Lush Life Podcast. Every week, we are inspired to live life one cocktail at a time by everyone in this industry. I met Tomas Chisti when I was invited to interview the participants of a cocktail competition last year. The cocktail he created blew the judges away. After a ride on the roller coaster of his life, as he calls it, he is now on the break run, slowing down before another double dip might appear ahead. He's now settled as bar manager of the private club 12 Hayhill in London and brand ambassador of Wrecking Coast Distillery in Cornwall and loving it. Before we begin, you can find links on how to donate to some of your favorite bars or have cocktails delivered right to your door during this rough time on the homepage of my website, alushlifemanual.com. Now, let's get locked in and ready to go with Tomash. I was born and raised in Prague, Czech Republic. Um, when uh, I was really little, uh, I was really suffering with a uh, bit of hay fever and with um, you know, a bit asthma actually in the time as well. And um, so uh, I always spend my birthday in the in the hospital. So let's start like really oh. sad because like all my story is like really big roller coaster. So so just get ready for that ups and, and down. <laughs> so uh, no worries. It always end up well and it always end up really good. So don't worry. Yeah. So um, uh, yeah, I was suffering with, with these diseases or or dysfunctions. Um, so my parents uh, made me to to go to learn how to swim because there was basically only one thing which I could do or like one sp- a sport or like one uh, activity. Um, uh, and yeah, yeah, I, I just started to swim even before school when I was five years old. Uh, it happened that it was a big part of my life in the end. So um, uh, I was pretty good at it. I got some talent. I made it in, in, the, um, in the swimming team in Prague and uh, I was I was pretty good. Uh, I was three time junior uh, champion in Czech Republic and uh, I was swimming a butterfly uh, 100 to 100 meters. So I have lots of, of the sports sport background. Uh, primary school was was regular, absolutely normal. So did you think that you were going to be a, a professional swimmer? Um, I mean, like Olympics and train and train and train until then? I, w- I was dreaming for that. Um, definitely, yes. I had the hopes and I was working really hard for that. So definitely, yes. Um, my father a little bit see himself in me. So he put lots of effort in it. And um, uh, God bless him for, for everything what he did for me. Because uh, since my eight years old uh, it was every single day waking up at five o'clock in the morning and um, I was jumping in the water at six o'clock so it was lots of sacrifice from my family so thanks for that and and it was just amazing um, about uh, how I was swimming from really young age I saw that kind of you know kind of like going to work um, so I haven't seen that like something special i just found it like yeah yeah i'm just going to swim I'm, and i'm i'm working like working out like crazy but like it's just part of my life i haven't seen that it is something special until i, I was i was older mm-hmm. and so did you think that i saw that you um studied physical education yes yes that's what, true. what did you think your future would be before getting into the bar industry well um yeah, so the, on the primary school, the, the, I, I haven't really seen the, the way to go. So um, in that time, it was really popular, everything about the computers. So I actually started uh, studying IT. Um, but I found it third year that I will never be good at it. So um, 
you know, I kind of, you know, I kind of back up from that, finish that high school, and then start with a with a, a Charles University uh, physical education, and um, uh, it helped the swimming again a lot. And yeah, and basically when I got to the to the university uh, without any any payment, any exams, because I was just really good at the swimming. So that helped me in the education through all my life as well. Mm -hmm. So when did you first find yourself in a bar? Uh, I mean, you're, you're from the Czech Republic, so obviously you were drinking beer. Uh, I, I wasn't actually. Uh, no way you're the first <laughs> the I'm, first ever you know like, like it, it's you know I, that i'm coming back again to the swimming because it was just such a big part of my life and and i was you know i was swimming for 15 years spending almost 30 hours a week in the in, in the water um so uh i almost got it on the professional career so all my all my all my childhood was without alcohol, without and my basically my teenage years were without any, any rebellion, uh, rebellion or anything. So I was strictly just into the swimming. So I had no chance to to, to enjoy enjoy these uh, these kind of things. So I start a bit later when I uh, was finishing my third year in the uni. Um, I took the part-time job in one of the Kateri companies, and um, and that was a weird times. And the Czech Republic is so different to UK in this one. Uh, there, you know, even when you have a title from university, uh, it doesn't mean that you will get well-paid job. Uh, and uh, funny enough, uh, the work behind the bar, it was that there was some kind of aura, some kind of magic in Prague, especially. Uh, you know, the bartenders, there was some kind of like a superstar, uh, like a movie star almost, yeah. Or at least I felt it like that. So, uh, you know, so that was one turning point that I realized, because my mom is a teacher. Uh, she she has uh, two universities done. Uh, she she teach economic and, and marketing. So she's super well educated, and she was taking, well, how much? Just just about nine hundred pounds a month, mm -hmm. let's say. And I start with my um, with my part time job in the um, in the hospitality, and I was getting fifteen hundred pounds oh a month. Uh, you know, so and I was still studying the uni, so I was like, ah, this just doesn't work. It it just doesn't make sense. Um, and cause I knew that if I would be, if I would finish that that uni, uh, you know, I I wouldn't make as much money as I do now. So I just quit uni. Um, yes, I quit uni, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, and um, I went to work. Um, I had no experience in the hospitality whatsoever, or just from the catering company. Um, so I quit that as well, and I tried to find my first job. So I started as a waiter in a, in a new project on the, um, on the Staromniewski uh, Square, Old Town Square in Czech Republic. Uh, it was Fra Fragula project, that's where is uh, James Dean, or, or you might know the, um, the Black Angels, or, or it's, it's literally in, in, in the middle of Prague. Uh, amazing location, so it was like, mega project of, of, of Russian owners. So lots of money in it and uh, real expensive furniture and great food and a mix of everything. So that was my first job. And I was running on that floor without any experience and all that really good uh, bartenders and, and waiters, they were giving me such a hard time. You know, <laughs> uh, you know believe or not, in Czech Republic, it's not that someone take you by your hand and give you like lots of um, textbooks or what you need to learn and, and specs and all these kind of things. Um, no, they just, there is your table, you're waiting that table. If you mess it up something, yeah, it's your problem. Yeah, you won't have the money, that's it. So kind of like tough love, I would say. And uh, yeah, and it was following, following me uh, all my life until I came to London. 
Um, uh, well, you had already developed such a good work ethic because of your sports days. Yes. You know, yeah. you had to, you already developed that. You don't. There's no way to teach that at university. I mean, you already had these fantastic skills. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I was really competitive, and uh, since very very young <laughs> age, and I always wanted to to be the best. Uh, plus, because uh, we were celebrating quite often. Because uh, I won some things uh, with the swimming, we were going a lot in my in the restaurants uh, for a dinner, and uh, and my mom always taught me all the etiquette and uh, you know to help women with a with a coat and who is sitting first and all these kind of things, and um, you know I, I kind of found myself in that and uh, and I really liked it because you know just just the amazed people around when they saw. 12 feet old guy to help his mom with a coat and everything. So I think that was that was a base for uh, for my future for hospitality. So Absolutely. I had, so uh, and I found it like really great and some something amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so you were you were being a waiter. Did you always always think I'm gonna get behind that bar? Um, not at all, not at all. I started as a waiter and I just took it how it is. So, um, I always started on, on, on the lowest point, on the lowest, um, position, uh, and, uh, my strategy, cause I'm, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm a little bit shy. Oh, no, I, I am shy and I'm really stubborn. Uh, you and know, competitive I, and competitive uh, and competitive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that kind of weird combination. Right. Um, so I always pick the best person and, um, in the profession, what I did or on the position. So I picked uh, the head waiter and, uh, I was literally just following him and observing everything, what he does until I learned it. Um, and, uh, once I learned it, I just, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I just did, and I just picked someone else, and was just climbing this way up. So I wasn't the person who comes to someone and asks, because in that time, uh, no one would le- really tell you, you know, when when you're working, no one is, you know, taking care of you re- really in, in Prague. So uh, I was literally just absorbing and learning by working every single day as hard as possible and where I had no skills or knowledge, um, you know, I was working even harder and um, that, that gave me like the, some work ethic just just to work on the maximum. I always gave to everything what I do, like 110 person. And sometimes I, I had the trouble that, that people around were not the same. So that's where we had some clashes and this kind of thing. You would think that your bosses would say, oh, well, we're going to, you know, we want the guy who's working the hardest, you know? Yeah, you know, well, in that time, I literally started with the hospitality. So, uh, you know, I was like a headless chicken running around. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's just be honest. And um, so, you know, I, it took time to, to develop some skills. So that, that, then I finished in, in, this, uh, in this restaurant. Uh, and then I... Uh, I went to work for my friend on one of the lakes in Czech Republic. It was like a beach bar. It was amazing. And he was amazing bartender. We were studying together on uh, on the high school. And, uh, and he was a big example for me. Um, so um, now he's, he's the owner of a few bars in Prague as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was big motivation for myself. So I learned a lot from him on this beach bar. Uh, was that was that was that the first time you had been exactly. behind the bar? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it was literally just four friends who saved some few, uh, like little money and hired like little bar on one of the lakes in um, in Czech Republic. So I spent one summer there. Uh, it was crazy. It was just party, you know. Like I was young and and, and everything. That, that was that was that was that was awesome. Just beach, sun, um, in Czech Republic. So you know, it's uh, something that is not really happening in the center Central Europe. Um, but after that summer, I needed some work for um, 
for 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 winter or like for another season. So I got recommended to 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 few bars. So I was working in the Sasazu, uh, which is uh, biggest club in uh, in Czech Republic. So I was working there, you know. So there was always four four deep on the bar and and mojitos, Cuba Libre all the time, spirit mixers. Um, yeah, and then again, competitive Thomas. You know, I always wanted to do the best. I wanted to do the best sales and everything. Um, with this, with this period of my life, you know, it's you know, it's when you are on these parties and uh, you're working in the team of so many, so many bartenders. You know, because I had no teenage time. Mm-hmm. I start like to be a rebel a little bit so uh i start drinking a bit a bit i start drinking a lot um you know we finish the shift three three o'clock in the morning and uh, then we continue till seven starting at one again you know so it was kind of like crazy period of my life um and it went it went down the drain all my dreams and everything Basically, I wasn't really thinking about the future. I was just living the moment um, and forgot about everything else. Um, uh, just long story short, in, in this in this period, uh, I almost end up on the street. Oh, uh, really? uh, yeah, um, but but then I was just lucky enough that that I had a friend who who owed me some money and. And she just called me, and because uh, uh, she promised me if I would go really down, that she would help me or, or something. So she just asked me to go for a coffee, and uh, and uh, and I was asking, "Oh, do you have that money? You know, I would like to go for a party." And, uh, and it's like, "Yeah, I got the money." And she asked me, "Oh, do you still have the friends who you mentioned and uh, in the UK?" Or in the London, I was like, yeah, I got plenty of friends and and everything. Uh, and she was like, oh, that's great. So she just grabbed my hand, take me to the first travel agency, and uh, instead of giving me the money back, she bought me one way ticket to London. No way. Uh, and um, and I was leaving in one week. Um, so basically, almost almost from the street i was i was leaving to to london so i tried to gather some money uh, so my family helped me uh, my grandmother uh, helped me a lot and um yeah and and i sit on the plane without knowing anything uh, i had 300 pounds in my pocket uh, and i had two phone numbers uh, in the second pocket and um, and I showed up in London and I had no idea where I am, what I'm gonna do, and everything. So, and that starts London. Um, so, um, <laughs> but you went with it, you know. It was super courageous of you to get on that plane. You could have said to her, you know, "Screw you! I'm I'm going back to my partying." You know, who are you to tell me what to do? And for you to to do that is. It, takes a lot of courage uh, yeah, to be credit to be honest i had no i i, I had no chance you know that that was uh, that, that was bad um did you even speak english uh yeah yeah i, I was lucky enough that my, my you know my father was all about the swimming and my mother was all about uh, uh cooking and um a home and she pushed pushed me to school so um, i was getting even some private lessons back in the day all right so, so you, at least uh, you yeah, yeah. could you imagine so wait so obviously well not obviously you called one of those yeah. two numbers yeah 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 so one of the um, numbers um actually found me uh, accommodation so i had somewhere to sleep um even when I was sleeping for for three months with someone in the bed, uh, you know, still still somewhere to to you know to sleep, um, and then the second one, funny enough, the it, it was a person who I worked in in that catering company in my first ever part time job. So uh, 
she gave me uh, a job uh, literally three days after I started. Uh, even the second day when I arrived, uh, I went to the to the agency, and the second day I even uh, I work uh, as a waiter or as a runner in the maze for Gordon Ramsay. Oh boy! So uh, <laughs> you know, so right in was, there. Yeah. So that was like that was like you know roller coaster like crazy. I just like. Just show up in London, like without knowing, you know, still kind of hangover from from Prague, and uh, you know, and then I'm in maze, in a you know, serving people, like in this amazing restaurant. So it was like like wake up wake up call. Um, but then I took that um, the job from my friend. Uh, I started in banana tree in Soho. Uh, I was polishing cutlery for one one month. Um, you know. So uh, again, back back to the roots, you know. So uh, what I or what I learned in Czech, there was nothing, cause you know I had no connections here. Uh, I didn't make really good impression for bar scene in Prague, so I had no help from from Prague whatsoever. Uh, and uh, I start here from 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 zero. Did you did you do your plan of following the? Uh... The best waiter, you know. Did you do that again and learn exactly what? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spent, as I said, I spent like first month just polishing cutlery in mm. the back, kind of getting out of everything what happened in Czech. Just you know, just realize, okay, now you are here. You just need to work hard. So you know, I just put my my shades on. No, like not shades, but like you know. Uh, I, I, I block my vision and just focus on the work what I do, and then after one month I start, you know, progressing again and uh, and go behind the bar because my friend knew that I was working behind the bar. So when I learned the specs and everything, I moved behind the bar and then I was running on the floor and behind the bar and become really really important uh, part of the team. Mm -hmm. And did did you? I mean, you worked at Banana Tree. Uh, that's was that similar at all to the bars that you had worked in in Prague? I mean, the 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 people yeah. who were ordering drinks, the kind of drinks you were making, or did you find it completely different from what you had had before? Um, you know, the hospitality in Czech and in Slovakia is on pretty high level, uh, so there's lots of like really educated people about this industry and. So there wasn't really big difference in the in that cocktail, sorry, in the drinks. Still, it's, it's banana tree, so it's, it's a restaurant. Um, so uh, yeah, it wasn't big difference, but the people and uh, the amount of people and all that London, you know, it, it was lots of to take. But, but I think that that's for everyone who arrived to London, like for for first time or, or come to work. So uh, yeah. I'll, I was absolutely regular, regular scenario like, like everyone else who comes uh, who comes here. So just like come here, work hard, make your future better. Um, then, then uh, in this one, you know, uh, the thing that uh, always when I get on the same level like the best person, uh, I. You know, I kind of start feel that I have nowhere to go. So once I reach the ceiling, I have kind of trouble to to just maintain that because I just want more and I have nowhere to go. So that was usually the time when I become really arrogant. Uh, <laughs> Sorry to say that, but I will say that I was like I really, love your honesty. I, I, I was arrogant prick and 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 just like. Yeah, I'm the best and everything, and uh, you know, and it followed me for for a few of my jobs, and um, but it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot, like, like no doubt. Um, so so I left Banana Tree, uh, then uh, I went to uh, Las Iguanas in um, um, on uh, well, on Waterloo. South Down Bank. South Bank, South yeah. Bank. Yeah, so just just cut it short. Uh, super super busy environment. Uh, four deep uh, happy hour twenty four seven. Basically, I'm saying. That I know I've been there yeah. many times. <laughs> I'm I'm, say, I'm I'm saying that they actually have a set hours, so they just have 
because they, they have everything to uh, two for one like all day long so, uh -huh. so, so, uh, almost seven days a week just on friday and saturday there is like four hour slot of but that there is one drink for one so i was saying that's <laughs> that, that said hours um, <laughs> so so there i you know so there i again i develop my speed my communication skills with the people and again from from uh from dispens and, and polishing glasses, uh, I made all the way up. Uh, uh, I, I did some of that um, last Iguanas College or, or, or you know training training sessions. Uh, I excel in this, and uh, and and again, I, when I was on the top, I I, I started doing a mess. So so uh, you know I was always so stubborn uh, that I, I was because I was always doing everything on one hundred. Ten person, and I always did everything for a reason. I never did that just someone told me that it's like this. I always learned that way, but then I find better way, which made more sense uh, in order of things. So I start following my ways, and that or um, usually crush with the management. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so. Um, Last iguanas was gone, and then uh, then it happened. Then um, then uh, I already made few friends here in London, and um, I got to Seviche, um, Seviche in Old Street, and uh, that was a breaking point in my career. That that's where it all started. So until now, I was just this party bartender, uh, egoistic person who just you know for that is the best and everything but but when i got to the to the savage old street i was just lucky enough that i met amazing people there mm -hmm. and what was it about it that changed was it that you weren't just cranking out a billion margaritas you know this was a place that really uh, spent a lot of time creating their cocktails no the, um you mean in uh in savage yeah from the difference, uh, you said that's where it changed. What yes, was it yeah. that changed? Uh, I think that the change was uh, uh, that in the previous places, I reach the ceiling really quick. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I had nothing to learn there, so I kind of stuck. Um, but in Ceviche, um, I was lucky enough that in that time, uh, there was Miguel Arbe as a as a bar bar director or yeah, so uh, and he is amazing. He just knows so much and everything. And also, Ceviche is known that they've working only with a pisco. Or in that time, they had only pisco, and there was something what I had no clue about. So there was completely something new. I had a person who was the biggest biggest expert for pisco in the in the uk or one of the top people for pisco on the world um and i had lots of to learn from and in the same time uh, my head bartender jakub schwartz he was uh, he is czech as well and um and he is amazing flair bartender and amazing bar manager as well in that time or like bar manager he was more like bar manager but slash head bartender. Um, so there was something new. So I had like two people to to, to look up and, and learn as much as possible. Plus, before there was always just really easy cocktails, just do it on the spot. Mm -hmm. But in Ceviche, there was uh, I had to learn lots of new techniques because uh, um, we were serving only pisco, but we wanted to be open to to the wider public so we were actually recreating um impostors or we were recreating the the well-known spirits uh by infusing the pisco so we actually made a pisco which tastes like a gin which was easy uh you just add the botanicals in the gin and that's it but then it, it, it gets really interesting when you had to replicate tequila or uh <laughs> You know, that was amazing. Like the, the recipe was incredible. Like, like burn artichokes, aloe vera. You know, that, that's kind of thing which that, that was like such an eye opener and, and something I, I never think of. 
Mm -hmm. Same with the rum, everything would went in, the sugar cane, you know. It, you know, you still just took the, the base pisco and transfer it in the regular spirit. And the taste was actually really close. And that's, I found it like really, really special. Something, something that not many people know how to do. And, uh, and I really found myself. Yeah, but yeah, it sounds like it. And, and so did you think, all right, this is this is different one that I thought it would be. This is a different career choice now. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, there was uh, finally, finally job where I was really proud that I'm working, working mm -hmm. there, that I'm part of the family. And, um, I was mainly because I have something to offer, you know, even in the kitchen in that time. Um, Vito Reyes, he is now head chef in Amazonico. Uh, he was working uh, with me just, just behind the corner. We had a kitchen connected to the bar. It was literally just on the bar. So I was, because I, I, I was really close to cooking from my mom and everything. You know, I was really close to cooking and desserts. Uh, so I got lots of inspiration in that, um, in that flavors. And, you know, the Peruvian food is full of colors and full of textures. Uh, which is like big thing for me now, or in my signature style. So uh, you know that that's what that's why as well. And even we, we had like the the, the uh, food bar service. <clears throat> so it was amazing to get all the knowledge about the different chilies and uh, different potatoes and how to use the starch, and and all these kind of things, uh, making shrubs. Um, making macerados or infusions, um, making cordials, lots of techniques, which I nev never never needed before, because there was all just commercial, just like boom, right. boom, those, those work, work, work. Yeah, those other places are quite crank them out for the yeah. partiers, you know. Now, so what led you to then move on to Duck and Waffle? Um, yeah, that... that that was, you know, that, that was the time when, when they drop uh, that idea of serving only pisco in ceviche, um, and we found it as a bartender's little bit like a, you know, dagger in our back because you know, oh. we were we were super proud of of that products and all that effort what we were putting in. Uh, and all that love, all that cariño, how you are saying, siempre con cariño. You know, it was um, it, it it was a way. We, we just had a whiskey, rum, uh, and the gin on the shelf. Uh, we had one bottle of each still, but you know, but but the concept kind of kind of kind of went down, and you know, and, and and again, I was just regular bartender again, you know. Even uh, we, we had like in-house competitions. Uh, I was lucky enough that, that I want to. Uh, we made some amazing drinks. Um, uh, I, I helped Jakub uh, to create uh, the whole menu for for a ceviche. You know? so, so there was already starting with this mixology and applying all the techniques which I learned there, which was amazing. Again, another chapter yeah, from. Mm -hmm from just making mojito all over, over, over again, um, you it just happened that that I was creating the menu, you know, so learning from Miguel how to put the menu together, that you need to have different glassware, that you need to have different type of drinks, uh, that you need to include all types of alcohol uh, in that, um, you know, different flavor profile, because you need to hit as big, you know, as as big amount of people, like, like their, their flavors, as, as, as many as possible. You need to have always drink for everyone. So that's, that, that gave me like lots of, you know, lots of knowledge about like how to create, how to put the things together. So, so thanks for that. And, um, but then, yeah, but, but then it's, it's Miguel, Miguel left. Um, uh, Jakub still was there, but you know, again, I got kind of, I can't. I can't say that I equal him because I will never say that because I have big respect for this guy. But uh, you are on. You are on to the next thing to learn something new. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And um. And, and what I a just, place! Fucking awful. And I just felt that you know I need, I need to that bar scene, 
to get a little bit more serious. I just can't work in this restaurant. Restaurants, because you know there is no way to to be a bigger when you just working in the restaurants. Even I, to be honest, I prefer to work in the restaurant bar, because there is the the food included, and you know I'm I'm you know it's it's my hobby to cook and everything. So um, I I love food. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, so uh, I apply for uh, duck and waffle. And uh, yeah, that, that, that was big. Uh, I remember uh, I went there for interview. Uh, I had to borrow the, the, the tie. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I borrow waistcoats. Uh, I went there for interview. And uh, yeah, they had a chat. They asked me for things. Uh, well, I was a little bit suspicious because it was like really quick interview. And then I went home, and uh, on the second day, they, they text me, okay, congratulations, you are hired. Uh, and uh, I was like, okay, that was easy. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was a big mistake to think that. Uh, <laughs> I think that that was, that was the easiest part to get in there. Uh, so Duck and Waffle, uh, again, uh, I was lucky enough after Savage, uh, second luck in my career, that I was working in amazing, with amazing bartenders there. I was working with Massimiliano Terrile, uh, with Philip, uh, Philip Strieberny, uh, amazing bartenders. And, um, and we were all working in that amazing place. And all was uh, guided with, uh, with the rich woods. And, uh, yeah, there was something something massive, right? And then when you when you get to uh, duck and waffle, you just uh, it's completely different thing. Uh, you have the bar, which is in the middle of the room, um, and there is just one bartender serving this crazy amount of people. And just like, how is that possible? And th- then you have the bartender, of course, every single person who's working there is a bartender on the bar in duck and waffle, even when they're serving. Uh, I found it like really crazy uh, on the beginning, but then I, I simply fall in love with it. Uh, you know, it's just it's it's just such a obvious thing to do, just to let bartenders to wait tables, because all that knowledge and all the passion for drinks, you know, with all the respect, like for for all waiters and everything. In my opinion. You know, not everyone, obviously, not everyone, but still bartenders will have closer to, to, to the spirits and to the cocktails than the waiters. Mm-hmm. So I found it like, yeah, it makes sense. You know, so there was that nice rotation of you are working six days, uh, like five days of four days as a as a waiter and one day as a bar bartender. Um, uh, there was lots of training and again, a little bit of tough love. Um, you know, I went there and, and I was like, oh, I don't know the spirit or I don't know this, this classic cocktail. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? You know, and, and, and again, it was like, man, like you were hired because we are expecting that you know all these things. Ooh. So uh, so just, man, have a, just have a look in the books and learn. You know? so just they shut have, up and yeah, yeah, then shut learn. Up. Yeah, <laughs> shut pretty up. much. Shut up and work. Yeah. So uh, yeah, again, uh, like crazy time, you know, from that kind of star in a, in Ceviche, uh, when everything everything went smooth, uh, you know, we were busy for for three four hours, uh, like crazy busy in Ceviche. But to go to Duck and Waffle, where you are just you come to work, uh, and and you know you stop when you go for a break, which you spend in the lift. Because you know it's it's forty floors, right? So so uh, the staff lounge is on six floors. So uh, you know, and the lift stopping almost on second every single uh, second floor. So you basically <laughs> you have half an hour break, and you spend twenty minutes of that in the lift. So you know, sometimes I just sit upstairs on the stairs at a coffee and and, and straight again. So it was really 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 tough time, and um, it's just. Um, <laughs> And of course, it was a haven for cocktails. So people are going there expecting, you yes. know, yes. the best, the best, exactly. best. 
Exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that 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 was okay in this in, in this way, you know. Like um, we had we had um, partially pre-mixed stuff and pre- uh, infused everything. So, uh, but still, the service we we didn't have a speed pourers. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there was kind of you know trademark that we were not using speed pourers. We were trying to be as good bartenders as possible. So every single bottle was on the screw or on the you know on the cork. So you know that was without a speed pourer. So it was it was it was kind of scale to, to manage everything. Uh, plus plus the bar. You know I'm, I'm small. I'm uh, I'm six seven. Um, no five seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm five seven, um, and the bar was was made for Rich, and um, and for Max, uh, and they are super tall, you know. Uh, <laughs> so uh, for me, uh, when when I needed to reach ice, you know, and we talking about ice, that's that's where you're going two thousand times uh, a night. Uh, I was on my toes. I was on my toes all, all night long, you know. So my legs are, you know, they were getting funny. So <laughs> <laughs> your calf muscles were huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time. You know, it's just like, uh-huh. like unproportional. Um, the drinks, they were great. Uh, uh, again, I learned a lot, and and, and I took a lot uh, from that. And again, it helped me a lot to 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 define my uh, my style, and. Um, my, my my signature like way of doing drinks um you know uh, i think that from that time i learned a lot just to simplify the drink simplify the garnish um you know go crazy on ingredients um uh use whatever you have sustainability uh until then i didn't hear much about the sustainability mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know so again a uh, lo- big school uh, but then there, there was one factor which which I didn't like, uh, and that was that it's such a big company that that you know no one really asking for your opinion, and um, and uh, you are just a number which just clock in and clock out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, because I always wanted to be the best in something, no matter what it was, I just wanted to be the best. Uh, uh, it, it wasn't good for me. Uh, I made I made amazing connections there, uh, amazing friends. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about how the big company runs and uh, what everything needs to be done to make it run so smoothly. So in this way, uh, this company is amazing. You know, it has it has 500 employees in one building or 300, and um, and, and it runs you know like super smooth. Uh, no one would spot it, you know, that, you know, it's such a big operation because it's connected mm-hmm. to the Sushi Samba, right? So uh, that, that, that's massive. And you just need to follow some rules and uh, to, to make it happen. So I kind of understand that, but, but this just wasn't for me. But now, now you make your own rules, right? Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. So you finally got in the place where you make your own rules. So tell me about um, 12 Hay Hill. So uh, just before we start with the 12 Hay Hill, uh, I forgot to mention, I was thinking about it all the time, but then I forgot, obviously. Um, when I was in the ceviche, um, I met this amazing person who was coming there to see Jakub. And there was Veronica Karlova. Um, uh, it's a person who is behind uh, Girls Drink Vodka, uh, uh, amazing Instagram, uh, and really focusing on the vodkas. And she has amazing knowledge and everything. And she really liked our service in the in the ceviche. And uh, and she asked me once if I would like to help her with, as a sales rep for vodka. Uh, so that's you know that's that was again the the, the part in uh, in the ceviche uh, uh, you know it was really important uh, and I said yes yeah definitely yes um, so I started helping her we had a launch for for Goral vodka in a, in the Gibson uh, and again eye opener and I start meeting these amazing people Marian Becker we were going for to to. To Artesian, that, that's where I had my interview with her actually in Artesian for first time. Um, 
then um, we had a meeting in uh, in Savoy, you know, in American bar, you know. So again, from such a such a rocket from uh, um, you know fr- from busy bars with no no thinking to to this kind of world, and I start recognizing these people who I like ever heard of them, but but I, I never thought that I could get close to them or get even like somewhere close to or even talk to them you know they were such mm-hmm. a heroes or such such a gods for me in that time there was something you know unthinkable but now i was in their bars having the drinks um you know so that was that was a big thing uh, i met amazing people on the on the vodka judging uh, competition which i took uh, part of uh, and that stuff that stuff. That's uh, mm-hmm. if someone thinks that it's fun to to do uh, vodka vodka judging uh, or any any spirit judging, uh, no way. I just <laughs> uh, you know just just the prep. You, you will get you will get eighty samples of vodka as a homework to taste, uh, and then on the day you have a, you have fit fifty vodkas, uh, and you need to you know to judge the the flavor and, and you know and everything on nose flavor palette um finish uh so you need to really like taste them obviously me as a bartender i was like ah, i will never spit right so you know uh, <laughs> when, when when you have fit 50 vodkas before before lunch it's it's kind of tough um i had amazing mentor uh next to veronica i i, I met um um carol he is a bar manager in baltic and um and he has one of the best palettes uh, you know i know uh you know he was able to recognize every vodka by the base ingredients you know I, that, that that's that that's that's impossible that, that that's just amazing that's you know spectacular so i learned a lot from them um yeah, just just this part uh, uh, didn't end up well because you know I'm not really again a shy person. Um, uh, I wasn't really about to go around the bars and offering uh, offering the the products because I'm just not that kind of person. Uh, it, it was it wasn't for me, but all that connections and uh, what I learned about the vodka and uh, and uh, still must say. Uh, that I, that's my, my my biggest thing, is uh, is vodka. Our biggest passion is vodka. Um, you know, I learned a lot with that, and that that that, that was awesome. That that was that was amazing part. That 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 belongs, you know, between the, the ceviche and and duck and waffle. That was that was all all in the same time. So mm-hmm. that was kind of rich. Um, uh and and then we got to to 12a hill i was working in duck and waffle and uh, i got message from my uh previous uh or former gm from ceviche um simon uh klepetek and uh and he asked me if if i could come to visit him that he has something to ask me and uh and I went there, and you know I couldn't find it. I was second. <laughs> you know, I was second time in the Mayfair. Uh, I was walking around that, and it's like I can't find it. Where is it? You know, <laughs> it's kind of fun because it, it's the biggest, one of the biggest building in, on 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 the Berkeley Square. But it's just so big that no one would think that that's where you go. Actually, right? <laughs> it's like that's such a palace and amazing building that no one really wants to go there. And even the delivery guys now, they see that address, they see that there and they are worried to go there because it's like such an amazing place. So I went there, I was going to ask for Simon on the reception, he come to pick me up. And it's like, look, we having, we doing this for our members. Um, you know, like we would like to do some master classes uh, and you are, you know, you are a really good bartender. So just think of it, what you could do. Uh, I could give you like once a month, like a masterclass here. I was like, okay, I'll let it go. Still still working in a duck and waffle. Uh, then the next week he called me, oh, we're having uh, this amazing event. It's, it's That was the brief. Um, and I would need someone who can, um, you know, who can supervise my bartenders because our bartenders are not on that level which i would need and i don't have a time to be on the top of them so uh 
I need someone who I can trust, uh, who could do that for me. I was like, yeah, he offered me amazing money. So I went there for one day. Yeah, that, that was, there was a big mess on the bar and, and uh, yeah, and we managed that. Uh, that was amazing. Even that was the brief, really important, uh, even uh, in 12A Hill till now, um, uh, you know, follow with, with financial times and everything. So big, big and important event. And, um, and I did great. I did, I did really well. And, um, and uh, he was really happy. He was, he was a GM or FMB director. And, uh, and, uh, and the GM was really happy. And, uh, you know, everyone really liked me. How, how I just took it in my hands. And just even when I was there for the first, first time, I just, I just executed uh, this really important event. So then another week I, I came for that meeting, talk about that things. And he, you know, he's, he had that meeting. I told him my, my ideas and everything. And he, and then he, he finished the interview and he was, uh, you know, we are so busy and uh, that's crazy. We have not enough people. And I'm saying, well, like, if you don't have enough people, like, why don't you hire me as a bar manager? So I just tried it, you know, <laughs> I, like, you know, I, I, to be honest, like, I, I think that I had that skills to be a head bartender in the previous places, but I never got the actual position of head bartender. So, so I can't, I, I had a head, I was head bartender in the ceviche, but, uh, uh, so I kind of jumped this position and he was like, you know, I talk with, with our, with our boss and, uh, and we'll see. So I was just like, uh, fingers crossed. That would be amazing. Um, yeah, he called me uh, in, in another week, and I was like, "Yeah, man, uh, we go for for that." So you're gonna be a bar manager here, and I was just wow. That was big, big moment. That was amazing. I was just like this building, middle of Mayfair, that will be awesome. You know? um, uh, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, and what is it different that you're doing there? I mean, it's a much smaller crowd it's a private club um yeah. and i guess yeah. you have control of everything right yeah yes that's that's amazing uh yeah but let's start from the beginning in the 12 a.m and when i i thought there will be everything done everything will be set and everything will be amazing i go there i was there a few times before i had a coffee um but you know the bar looks amazing when you're sitting there right but then you go behind the bar and you see that you take a bit uh, like bigger look it wasn't in really good shape and and i'm really really positive on this one uh and um and then then i started from from zero um and i i was just lucky enough that everyone was so busy with everyone everyone else and um you know it's private members club which is focused on the business so it's not the best place for a bar, bar right because everyone is coming there to make money, not to spend money. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had I had to work with it. You know, I had this position. I, I wanted to do my best, and um, and uh, I went for it. I read it completely the whole bar, um, uh, every single shelf organized. You know, everything tidy, like from from the bottom uh, bottom it was it was like complete complete like changeover you know it was even when you start a new bar if i think that would be maybe easier uh than than to redo everything you know because you're expecting that you have some things but you don't actually or, or they are somewhere where you have no idea where uh you know the menu that was that that wasn't good uh the spirit selection I wasn't much work in it as well, you know. So, yeah, I started. I started from from really, really zero. But uh, now they had a bar manager there, so they were like, "Okay, there is not so many people. We have a bar manager who is getting paid for that, so we can take all the bartenders and all the stuff from the bar, work somewhere else, and, and bar manager can be there and basically do everything." So, for the first three months, I was there alone. 
so I was from open to close, uh, serving on the floor, opening the bar, um, uh, prepare all, all the preps and everything, executing the menu, uh, serving on the table, making drinks myself, coffees and everything. Uh, so that was about 12 hours of shift. And after that, I had three hours to do my management shift. So, uh, you know, so I had 15 hour shift every single day for three months. Um, so that was crazy. You know, I was expecting that would be, that will be, be, you know, walk in paradise and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and not, not at all, you know, like, so, so from zero, uh, and again, uh, I wanted to, you know, I always wanted to reach the best people in the building, but in that time there was only me there. Right. So mm-hmm. only one person who I could fight with or like who I could compete with it was myself. So uh, it, it went a bit crazy. It's just like I spent so much time there, um, you know, working on. And then, you know, I, I, I wanted to, to change so many things in the same time. Uh, uh, and then it got to that. I, I started there in March. Uh, 2018 uh and then in june we did the peter spanton competition where we met actually Mm -hmm. if you remember yes of course Uh, that's why we're here uh, yay Uh um so again so in all this all this pressure and everything uh i was doing this competition uh which which happened that that luckily we we won um and uh and and since then, it went, it went, it went just up. It was amazing. Um, uh, you know, I finish uh, the the big change um, on 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 my first menu change. I swapped hundred fifteen bottles, like hundred fifteen <laughs> uh, spirits, not bottles, literally spirit brands. Uh, so I, I read it completely everything, new, new suppliers, um, you know, new, new, new spirit supplier, new wine supplier, uh, new 115, uh, you know, spirits on the bar, you know, so, so it was a uh, co- completely new menu of, of 10 cocktails. So yeah, that, that, that was, that, that was massive. That was big. And, um. And and then and then it's you know it was just better and better and better. It was it was amazing. I'm learning a lot, um, and uh, every single day. And now now it's one year when we got new management, uh, with new GM, uh, with new restaurant manager. Um, uh, uh, we managed to release the third menu already, the third cocktail menu, uh, which is awesome. It's, it's back to the roots. A pretty classic team. Uh, uh, we have six, six, six cocktails. Six cocktails of back to the roots, which are twist on cocktails before 1950, um, uh, using at least one root uh, root ingredients, root related ingredients. We are in the minus one, so we are like a roots of the building as well. Um, and uh, I was inspiring uh, my team to learn more about the roots of bartending and the mixology. So that's why we went in the, before 1950. Uh, so they could learn something about it. Uh, uh, amazing plus uh, six best of cocktails. Uh, well, and also yeah. in, the me- in the meantime, you are brand ambassador for the Wrecking Coast Distillery. Yay. That's, yeah, that's... <laughs> Uh, I was saying it's a roller coaster, but it just seems it's going up and up and up, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, that was the, just roller, after the... the roller coaster was in the past. Yes, now it's just yes. straight up the M4. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. And, uh, well, tell and me a hope... little bit about that. Uh, so that was literally just um, just after the Peter Spanton competition uh, and Craig. Um, the co-owner of Wrecking Coast Distillery he came to me and uh, and showed me this uh, this square bottles with a with a nice art uh, on the front, uh, telling me uh, something about uh, the clotted cream gin. I was just like, that's crazy! Like, who can drink clotted cream gin? It's like um, I was a little bit tired after that after that competition, right? Because we won, so we went to celebrate. Uh, <laughs> I, I was I was really tired, and and then Craig 
poor, poor Greg. I don't know. I don't know if he knows about it. Sorry, Greg. Um, uh, <laughs> um, and he came to me. I was showing me everything, and and I was like, I wasn't really excited about it. Um, and he pulled out that this bottle, which had no label. Uh, I was just with a with a marker written some numbers, and um, and I tasted, and it's like, wow, that's great. Um, uh, and it was the the scurvy navy navy stremgen, and he was just like, oh, Thomas, you know, would you be able to make some perfect serve for this gin? I was like, yeah, yeah it's, it's no problem, right? I had no idea, right? Absolutely not. But bartender behind the bar, like, you know, we have that, you know, our our zone where we are overconfident and everything, everything is possible. Um, so uh, I just went went blind to the fridge. Um, I say, okay, it's a scurvy grass. Uh, it's really, it's, it's navy strength, so it's strong. Um, you know, okay, so let's try this, this, this Peter's Pantone lemongrass and ginger tonic. Um, so, uh, the lemongrass will go together with the scurvy grass, uh, and the kick of the alcohol will go real well with the ginger. Um, cause we had lemongrass on the menu. Uh, I just julienne the lemongrass and julienne the ginger serve it in the, um, in the large whiskey glass full of ice. Uh, serving a hundred ml of Peter's Panton lemongrass and ginger as a first, and then the fifty ml of the fifty-seven ABV um, Navy Stream Scurvy Gin on the top uh, without stirring, because um, that's what I learned in, in Duck and Waffle. It's just you know, bit bit physics. Uh, Soda goes up, the bubble goes up, and the heavy spirits go down. It's kind of mix itself. Um, uh, plus, I had this julienne, lemongrass, and ginger. I just stuck it in the middle, give little, little, little stir, just with a garnish. Just serve it in front of him, and it was just like, wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. And I was like, really? So I, I tasted <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, taste it myself. Um, uh, it was great. It, it was just, you know, it just out, you know, this automatism just made it happen. Um, and um, and he came back again, and we were tasting more, and, and we started uh, much more after that. Uh, he invited us to to, to the distillery, um, which was awesome. Uh, the Tinta Gel. That's that's such a magical place. Mm. Uh, you know, all the tales about the Merlin and King Arthur and Lancelot, you know, uh, Excalibur. It's just like that, that. I spent all my childhood on that. And then then from nowhere, I was just there. I saw that Merlin's cave. And, and I was like, I, I have a goosebumps here now. That, 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 that was amazing. This amazing nature. We were lucky it was sunny. It was, it was really very windy. Wow. It was it was magical and and you know and they are so honest people and uh, and, and I and I love them to the bit they they took me as a part family um, uh, you know when we went there for for a visit I met Avian uh, our our master 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 distiller who is just yeah oh, oh my God I love to have his knowledge about everything and the passion is is oh oh it's remarkable and uh and uh and yeah and then we were again we become a friends and then one day uh Craig came to me and uh put a bottle of the scurvy gin in front of me and uh, I was like yeah that's amazing can I uh, this this present for you and I look at it I turn it. Uh, on the back, and 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 there was label of it with two of my pictures with the recipe of that serve which I did, which I did for them. So they made made me like my own label. Uh, I, I was like, oh my god, I made it! I just like I'm on the bottle of alcohol. Just, how, how amazing is that? You know. Um, and then uh, yeah, it followed with the offer to be a brand ambassador for them. Um, uh, I, I strictly told them I can't. I can't be sales rep. I'm not good at it. I was really honest. Um, 
look, I, I have I have my job here in 12A Hill, which I love, and, and I, I'm not willing to lose it because I have my, my plans with 12A Hill, which, which are which getting really, really close. Um, and um, and he was like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah we, we want you just for one day a week uh, just to share a love about the spirit. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, yeah uh, um, have you tasted Wrecking Coast? Sure you did. No, no I haven't. She's, and uh, so I think I have to join you at 12 Hay Hill. Oh, that would be some. amazing. All you right. Must come, you must come to 12 Hay Hill. Please do so. All right. And, uh, yes, and I can't wait. So should we meet then the next time? Yes, please. Always welcome. Uh, and everyone is welcome, even as private members club. Uh, <laughs> please hit me on social medias. Um, they will be definitely somewhere around. Um, and uh, yeah, send me a message, send me a text. And uh, I'm pretty sure that, that, that we find a way how to get you on the bar. And um, well, that, um, is, that is such a nice offer. So um, listen, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, telling me your tale. Thank you very much. That was amazing. Thank you, Suzanne. What a story. And I would definitely take advantage of his generous offer to get you into 12 Hay Hill. Thanks so much to Tomas for being on the show. For our cocktail of the week, we zoom from Mayfair to Cornwall back to Mayfair again with one of Tomas's creations. Our cocktail of the week is what Tomas calls the Cornish Highball. With Wrecking Coast scurvy gin and soda, plus a few little touches to distinguish itself. It's super easy to make once you have all the right ingredients. All you do is add the following to a highball glass filled with ice. 40 mils of Wrecking Coast distillery curvy gin. 10 mils of green chartreuse. 25 mils of lime juice. 20 mils of William Fox oak moss syrup and then 100 mils of London Essence Soda. Then, take your gorgeous bar spoon and stir gently. Then drink. You can find this recipe, more recipes, and all the cocktails of the week at alushlifemanual.com, where you'll find links to all the ingredients in the cocktail. I heard today that Arrigo Cipriani is considering not opening Harry's Bar in Venice ever again. He compares the conditions that the Italian government is imposing during COVID to the rules of a concentration camp. I'm not going into how preposterous that statement is, but the idea that there could be Venice without Harry's Bar, that would make me very sad. Why am I so attached to this one bar? Well, you have to read my post on alushlifemanual.com. If you live for Lush Life, make sure you're giving back to the bars you love by donating or taking part in cocktail delivery where you live. The music for Lush Life is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. And Lush Life is always and will be forever produced by Evo Terra and Simpler Media Productions. Which leads me to say the wise words of Oscar Wilde, All things in moderation, including moderation. And always drink responsibly and wash your hands and stay safe. Wow. I heard our next guest speak on the booze brain and I had to have her on my show. There is almost nothing she hasn't done. In fact, she's done so much that Diageo created a role pretty much with her name on it. I think it's going to have to be a two-parter. Until that time, bottoms up.